Hi guys, I do want to ask you a question. Are you having trouble finding new clients or are you worried about how you're going to find new clients as we kind of finish off with 2023 and we move into 2024? Um, as much as we post on Instagram and we make uh, our lives look full and our design offices look brimming with work, there's still the reality of what's actually happening behind the scenes, isn't there? Are you really worried about how you're going to venture into the new year and it is drawing to a close, believe it or not, uh, with strength uh, in terms of picking up new projects and new opportunities? If that's you, hang with me because we're going to have a good old talk about it. So let's chat. It's Adam Google and welcome to episode five of Say You Want to Be an Interior Designer. I'm really pleased to have you back with me. Um, if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. It really helps um, to get my content out there to people like you that actually want to listen, want to watch and want to, you know, stick with me and learn. Um, this, you know, my podcast or this YouTube channel is really for solopreneur interior designers and decorators that need support in building their own business uh, while they're still working nine to five. Um, and my intention for you guys is to really learn some skills and build up your confidence uh, to be able to, to get the projects that you really want to work on rather than the ones you feel that you need to take on all the people uh, that you don't want to work with, but Phil, you still need to work with just to, to pay the bills. So this is for you guys. So um, this week's topic is really important. And look, you know, this is the bone of contention. This is the thing that most interior decorator and design businesses at some point will really scrabble with. It's not always easy to keep an abundance of clients in the pipeline. Um, but what I want to do is to give you some tangible uh, methods or approaches that more for you guys that are solo out there, um, certainly not speaking to the established interior design firms that have had years of, you know, building the pipeline and years of clients uh, that keep referring them over time. This is for you guys really starting out and wondering how do you, what sort of tangible things can you do to get new clients? This, this, I want you to stay with me. Now, if you're here on YouTube, you're not going to find all this information or you're not going to get the juice from me in the next two minutes so hang in there, give me another, say, 15 minutes, and I'm going to to really give you um, all of the information that's worked for me, does still work for me, and stuff that I really enjoy doing that's giving me lots of new opportunities as an interior designer. So I want to kick off. The other thing I want to share is some personal detail with you too. Do you know, I spent $50,000 on interior design coaching, and very, I have to say, unfortunately, a lot of what I... Uh, learnt was not that tangible. It didn't really, there wasn't a base there that I could really work from that really yielded the results. So, um, you know, and some of this stuff was just built around reading books on the law of attraction or doing certain things, affirmations to bring in the right client, hanging out in luxury <laughs> country clubs and, and hobnobbing with the people that uh, were going to give me a luxury job. That didn't work, as you can imagine. So, um, look, it's nuts and bolts here, no fluff, so let's get on with it. Before I get on with it, uh, if you are just starting out or if you're flailing or you're kind of just kicking off in your interior design decorating business, take the quiz, say you want to be an interior designer.tv forward slash quiz. It's only 15 questions and um, you can get it all done in about two and a half minutes. 
you will get an email, personalized email to you, and you'll get your results there from me. And I'm more than happy to speak to you whenever you, you need me. So jump on the call with me, info at adamsgoogle.com, and uh, I'd be happy to talk about your results. But let's kick off. Um, let's talk about how you can get more clients. Now, I've mentioned this one briefly a couple of episodes ago, but I'm going to get deeper into how this works. So what I'm going to suggest to you now, it's not a sexy thing, but it does work in a number of ways. What I want you to do as a core uh, service is to propose finishes schedules for people in the reno or home industry. What I mean by people is builders, uh, people in the stone industry supplying stone, marble, um, cabinet makers, kitchen companies that provide bog standard kitchen designs but don't help anybody with finishes. When people are building their home, sometimes they will go to a builder or a lot of times they'll go to a builder and the builder will build what they want, but they will push the finishes and all the selections back to the client because that's what they need to decide on. But what happens here is the client finds it really difficult to make decisions. Ah, isn't that interesting? And they regularly will flounder around and take forever to to come back to, to the building company with the decisions they've made. Now, you can come in and help solve that problem. Um, You can come into the building company, and I'm going to use this this as the first example, going to builders and offer them them this complimentary service that uh, not only helps get you in front of new clients, but helps the builder get their clients making decisions more quickly and actually gives them a financial reward for doing that. So I'm going to get onto that with you now. What is a finisher schedule? It is a schedule. You know, it is basically, it can be done on Excel, it can be done on, uh, you know, other documents, but you're pretty much providing the code of the floor and the sample of the floor, uh, what the name of the floor is. If you are specifying, you know, European oak, um, it's the paint color that you're going to put on the walls. It's the color on the ceiling. It's a color on the walls. It's a color on the skirting boards, crown molding. It is the finishes in terms of tapware, whether it's antique brass. Um, there's the code. It's from this supplier. Uh, this is the cost. And sometimes you may not need to work out the cost. But um, the finisher schedule is you providing a cohesive plan for any number of areas in the home that the client needs your help with. And the client, um, you know, a lot of the time they've, they've never done this in their lives and they think, uh, how am I going to do this? A lot of the times they make bad choices. And those bad choices can affect their ability to resell their home in a few years, if that's their intention. If they pick a really awful um, Caesar stone or colours that don't match and they pick things that are really important decisions like hard finishes, if they make wrong decisions on those, then it can really have a domino effect in their ability to sell the home, how they feel about the home, um, and just their overall enthusiasm after they realise they've spent thousands sometimes you know we're getting into millions of dollars when we're talking about a bill too as well um if they've made wrong choices it can really have a sour taste and you know the reason that they've made the wrong choices is because they thought that they could do it themselves and they really can't so what you're going to do is you're going to fix the problem what i suggest to you is to do this so go and uh, create packages and then schedule time with a building company to go over what this package means now you could, th- this is really a tangible s- service here, and you could have something like a silver, gold, and platinum package. So if a builder is building a home, they've got the plans, 
And uh, what you could do is say, look, have you got anybody struggling or needing help with picking the finishes? Um, what I'm offering you is to go in with me, if you can get me in front of your your customers, clients, um, this is what I'm suggesting to you. So it could be that silver, the silver package is just the bare bones of the finishes, uh, you know, based on the the scope of work that they need. Now, some people will have already picked some finishes. They might have picked the basics of everywhere else except for the kitchen and bathrooms, and they haven't done that yet. So you might come in and be able to help them with just kitchen and bath finishes, and that could be the way things go. Some people have picked the kitchen, and then the rest of the house are kind of wondering what to do, uh, you know, finishes for the walls or this or that or da-da-da-da-da. So they might bring you in and, and ask you to help with that. But for the builder, you're going to offer them or you're going to tell them about this sort of tiered structure. Uh, so you've got a, a silver service with just the basics, and then you'll go to a gold, which could be the most popular one. With the gold, they get the finisher schedules, they get mood boards, and then they may also get some time with you out shopping or at the tile shop or at the tap and, um, you know, bath bath shop um, to really help them feel like they're part of the process. How does this help the builder? Well, the builder really is handing this off to you. He's getting you taking control of the client. When it comes to this stuff, the builder's already got the job uh, and they just need you to get all these decisions made quickly and get this, this project started and moving. You know, at the moment, pricing is really up and down. Prices are, you know, there's a lot of fluidity there in terms of the cost of materials, as you probably already know. So the quicker people can get started, the, pepper t- the quicker these customers, clients of ours can get decisions made, then everybody's going to be happy. The customer's going to feel a lot more comfortable because they've got you on their side, they've got you, you've got their back and you're helping them, you're taking inventory of all the the sort of um, the feelings that they want to achieve in their home and you're giving them the finishes they need to achieve that feeling. So really important. Um, so you have your, your silver, you have your gold, your platinum could be renderings that you offer. You might be able to render up a kitchen that's almost photorealistic. You get where I'm going, you can start to finesse this, but these are essential services that really are needed out there. Now, you may say, okay, um, well, it helps the builder to get the clients making decisions really quickly, but really what what else is the benefit to the client? Guess what? We haven't finished there. What you're going to do is you're going to say to the builder, if you can, you know, suggest me if your client's needed and it's a real need that they will be accommodating, they're not going to push this unless the client, they meet people that really need help with the finishes, and that'll be many people. But um, they're going to get a, a percentage on whatever it is that the client purchases from you. And you can have an agreement that stipulates that. You know, the silver package could be this percentage that's paid to the, the building company. The gold, obviously a little bit higher and the platinum higher still. But you're giving some sort of incentive to the builder to get them to be in, you know, in front of the client. Now, you may also be thinking, Adam, oh, gee, okay, that's, that isn't sexy, actually, and I don't want to be doing finisher schedules. That's not what I want to do. I want to decorate. I want to do fabulous master bedrooms and, and living room. Just hang in there. I'm getting to it. You're not just going to be a finishers sort of junkie. So I'm not just going to tell you to go out and pedal these finisher schedules, and that's the be-all and end-all of your career. What I'm saying to you next is guess what happens when these people, essential services, they need their home built. Uh, they need their kitchen done. They've got a kitchen company, for example. And I'm about to tell you, don't just think about builders. Think of kitchen companies that churn out kitchen designs, but they don't really offer great finishes. 
most ki- kitchen companies do white kitchens. But um, you're going to the source of whatever's happening out there. The essential need is the build, for example, if it's the builder building the house and you're helping get their clients over the line. So the other thing I'm about to get to it is where does it go from here in terms of leading you into other areas where you can start to really do what you want to do, which might be decorating. When the person's happy with the finishes, guess what they're going to think of next? Maybe we can engage who are you, Jan, Steve, Peter, <laughs> Marie? Maybe we can engage Marie to come and do the living room. She's done such a great job with all the finishes with the rest of the house. Let's get her in to really, you know, have our, our living room looking tip-top and smart. So that's the why, That's the reason why I'm suggesting getting in with the builder and doing this schedules type of approach is because you'll get on tray into other opportunities for the people that engage you for the finishers support. Now, this can go into many other areas, but you build the trust straight away. The other thing you can do is start to get the client, if you get engaged to do finisher schedules while they're building, you can help them to pick materials that aren't frightfully expensive so that they will have some money left over so that they can actually invest some money in the decorating and not bring in all their fugly old furniture that they are going to bring back in after they finish building this beautiful home. How many people have you seen build beautiful homes but then they bring in old, old daggy furniture, they've run out of money, and basically you think, what's the point? Beautiful home, fuckly furniture. God, I hope they can get some money in the next couple of years to, to finish all this off. So you're really coming in at the right point with the builder. Um, the other thing that helps the builder and the other thing that you can offer to support the builder is offer to pink the finishes or, or the materials from suppliers that they already work with. Tell them you're going to work with them by, by, by sourcing some of these products from the vendors that they already use. So this is a win-win situation here. For the builder, you're helping them get the client over the line, you're choosing um, materials from their preferred suppliers, and you're giving them a percentage of whatever the cost is as a payment. So this really is a great essential service you can offer. Again, it's going to get you into the build stage, get you in building trust, and then you can get in and actually start to weave your magic into other areas of the home. The building part of it is just the first part. It's all of the stuff that comes after that. Now, I mentioned kitchen companies. Uh, I'm talking about more the independents where they just do the kitchens for the client. Um, they'll create a really standard design. But most of the time, they'll again ask the client to pick the cabinet colour and the tapware and, you know, the, the, the profile of the doors of the cupboards and all that sort of thing. Um, it applies to them. If you are a kitchen designer, you want to design kitchens, um, then go to people like, you know, providing luxury materials like stonemasons, I think I mentioned before, and um, start to speak to them and say, look, I offer kitchen design. Uh, do you have people that come and they're looking at stone, but then they haven't really sorted out uh, the rest of how the kitchen is going to look or, or be designed? So start to really process different ways that this can work for you. And I hope that you start to get excited. Now, this stuff is a lot more tangible in terms of, you know, how it's going to work out. Uh, you know, the more that you actually speak to different builders and trades within or, or suppliers of these services in the industry. Just imagine if you speak to more and more people, you're going to get more and more opportunity to have someone say yes. Now, this is very different than swanning around in, say, a luxury golf club or, a, a, you know, a, a country club like I was advised to do with a glass of champagne and sort of swoon around and hopefully you'll be 
in the energy of all these high flyers and they're going to, um, you know, <laughs> ask you to design their multi-million dollar home. Stuff like that's really lovely, um, but it hasn't, you know, in my experience, turned out to be very tangible in terms of results. So that is the big, that's the big thing that I'm asking you to consider doing is to, for, is, to is looking at finisher schedules for people that are really uh, assisting the essential uh, things that people need in rain, hail or shine, bad economy. People will always build. They will always uh, have a new kitchen that they'll they'll need to put in, whether, you know, the economy's great or it's poor, whatever. It doesn't matter. COVID, no COVID. Next thing we're going to do is tell you about a couple of things that I was taught. $50,000 I spent on with uh, interior design coaches over the last five years. These are some of the things that I was taught as pipeline filling things that I could do to maintain steady clients. Neither worked. I'm going to tell you what the, the first one is. I've got two for you, and, and then we'll end our conversation today. But um, what didn't work for me, I want to share this as well, was meeting uh, luxury builders in the luxury market, real estate agents selling luxury real estate and architects in luxury uh, architecture, um, I, w- I was suggested that I should meet them for a coffee and then really ask them to think of me or to consider me for anyone they met, any of their clients that needed in- an interior designer. So I was expecting that the luxury builders would um, then just think of me. I'd give them a brochure. And uh, they would just remember to mention me to people that needed a designer. I was expecting realtors to meet up with me for a coffee and then want to talk <laughs> for an hour about what how they could help me. Do you think any of this was really tangible or worked? Absolutely not. What was in it for any of these people? When I started to meet with builders, I would go to them and they'd think that I was asking them to or telling them about a project that I wanted to employ, engage them to um, quote on for a client. Instead, I was handing them a brochure at my card and saying, do you think you could think of me? And you can think about, you know, generally how well that works. It doesn't work well at all. Do you know how many realtors, real estate agents I emailed and heard absolutely zero back? It was a lot of people. Architects, a lot of the time, they do their own in-house interior design. So that was a strategy. I was in a mastermind for 12 months, uh, very hard to get mastermind, and that was the pipeline filling strategy that we were given as a group. And, um, you know, what I'm trying to do here is really say that we can fit in in terms of servicing the market in where the, the services are considered essential is a lot more robust than some of these other things that are out there. Some will tell you to just, uh, you know, send out creative good energy and that can also bring clients in. And maybe that will bring clients in, but I prefer a left brain nuts and bolts approach uh, that's really mathematical. The more people, more builders you go out and, and suggest this to, show them the product, show them how it can help them, show them how it connects and works well within what they need to do. It's actually really tailored to them, then that's a much better approach than than some of the other things that I was taught and I'm sharing with you today. The third and final thing is uh, I was also, uh, I worked with a coach who said that I should offer a boutique signature service. Okay, I think boutique signature services is great. But for me, again, too dicey. I was interested in art, so I created a boutique signature service that was me um, suggesting to people I could work with their artworks and create fabulous rooms around their art and 
get right into the framing side of things and do creative things that way. You know, that's lovely, but it's kind of part of the process anyway. And uh, as a signature service, it really didn't do anything. So it was a nice idea, but again, that's all it was, was an idea. So um, it's the same thing. People say niche down into coastal decorating or niche down into Hamptons decorating. That's great, darling, but anyone can throw around a few bits of coral and a couple of ginger jars, chinoiserie look and have some of a Hamptons look. You can get a, get that look from a lot of shops. So niching down into sort of something like that, to me it's not really, you know, so many people do that anyway. Um, where I think niching is really effective is when you are, say, designing for people with disabilities. If you're designing their kitchens and their homes so that they can actually get around and live harmoniously and successfully in their home, uh, in their bathrooms, whatever, then that's a signature design service that really is an essential service as well. So I don't know how many times I've said essential, but I really mean it. This is a way that you'll be able to tangibly get opportunities in the door rather than the fluff that's out there. And I really wanted to highlight how that is and does work for me and I want it to work for you as well. So um, I'm just going to close off on this episode and say, you know, have a think about it, get some ideas flowing, get out a Word doc or a piece of paper, really nut out where you think you can go with this. And if you need to ask me any questions, I'll be happy to jump on a call with you and talk about it at any time, as I've mentioned. So I'm going to finish off there. Um, take the quiz. If you're floundering in your interior design or decorating business and you need some help, so you want to be an interior designer, it's down there, .tv forward slash quiz. So you want to be an interior designer, .tv forward slash quiz. And uh, take the quiz and tell me how you go. Uh, I'd love to know you, how you feel about the feedback and where you might also need some additional help. If you would like to reach out to me, I'd be delighted to talk to you. Going to finish off today saying that uh, I believe in you. You wouldn't be here watching this if you weren't talented. Um, we all get scared. It is scary to think of not having regular design clients. Um, that's why I say just be careful before you go and branch out full-time as an interior designer. How much have you got invested into guaranteeing that you'll get uh jobs coming in through the door so that you can stay lay there at night and just feel secure. Um, you don't have to throw out your day job, stay in your nine to five while you're building the business up um, and, 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 and treat your finances as, as uh, something that you, you, you really are <laughs> really focused on maintaining, maintain your finances, keep your finances sound. That's what I would say. Um, jumping out there without a strategy is very dicey. And what I'm giving you now is a strategy that I feel will work for you if you want to get some new clients in the door. It's also a lot of fun and uh, you learn a lot from it. So I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to wish you well, wish you a lovely rest of the week. And I'm so looking forward to seeing you next time. Please like and subscribe if you're still here. It's the end of the video. I'm really glad you're still with me. Like and subscribe on YouTube and uh, leave a review for me if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. It would really help a lot. I really value you uh, watching and, and being engaged. It means a lot to me. Until next time, ciao for now. Bye.